Pause by MW, we ain't talking about cars. Millennials versus the world, that's the pot. Mike threw it up the kid off of the line. You better tune in, cause you know that we lie. Millennials versus the world is a ride. Born to win, and I win in that life. Boys, your opinion, no wrong and no right. So get out yeah. our way, they riding our way. But we do not care as long as you say. Millennials versus the world, Millennials versus the world. Millennials versus the world. Millennials versus the world. I'm Kevin Samuels Jr., but did we not call you as a mediator because this nigga thought Kevin Samuels was the new movement? I didn't say the new movement. Jay, I, I didn't say the new movement. I said that what he was saying Jay, was if you want to tell the truth, tell the truth. Yeah, yeah. If you want to I, said truth, that, I said a lot of the content that he was saying, he was speaking on a lot of stuff that was very truthful and hurt so a lot of people because so a lot of people don't want to hear that truth. <laughs> Time out. What's wrong with what's wrong with Jay saying that? Okay, first of okay, so this is a great way to start it off. We into it, right? Millennials, hey, Kenan, we are into hey, it. Kenan, Kenan, I hold on. I think you freeze. I don't know if your Wi-Fi messing up. Can y'all see him? Yeah, I'm definitely yes. Okay, cool. What up, what up, what up? This Millennials versus the world right now. I got my co-host with me right now, Mike. <laughs> <Lewis>. <laughs> AJ, AJ. This <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, I hate this nigga, man. I really don't have a heart attack, man. Don't do that, hey, Yeah, man. I'm like, I'm like, my Wi-Fi, I'm like, I'm like, you over there on that, that childish Wi-Fi talking about Jawarn and McKenzie coming. Like, I'm thinking like, am I freezing? And this nigga, he on his 4G right, over there. Right, this nigga on his 4G. He wasting up his data to be up here. You damn right I am, bro. Let me right, get my AirPods, anyway, bro. So we, what we were arguing that day was this. Jay was saying that uh, we were arguing iconic yeah. and what was it? Iconic and what? Legendary, right? Le Leg uh, no, nah, it was uh, iconic and... Um, because we were saying like iconic is like what you're I, remembered what for, I, right? But I remember the argument. What I was telling Jay is... What Kevin Samuels was doing, I don't think it's as big now. Like people been saying this, people been doing this, but like timing, he it was the perfect timing for the perfect Agreed. place for him to yep. start saying this stuff in order for it to catch the way it did. And I was right. telling him like, you can have an iconic moment and not be famous. And Jay was like, no, you can't. Like the niggas, I'm like, no, you can be, you can have an iconic moment and not be famous. And then I gave examples like, or I was like, iconic moments can be bigger than like fame. Yeah, that's what it was. You said iconic moments can be bigger than like, uh, uh, was it fame? It don't matter. They can be. I, I kind it was of something because we was talking. People. We was talking about uh, Martin Luther King, remember? Uh huh. And then we we were talking about uh, was it the I have a dream speech and it was something else. Um, y'all in dangerous territory right now. How y'all, brothers? Mike, don't, Mike, don't act like you don't know what we no, were talking about. No, no, don't let Jay, don't let, because Jay trying to backtrack. Lewis, I can tell you how it happened. Jay was up there quoting Kevin Samuels, taking him off his That's wall, stuff, putting his pictures all up on his wall, all in his car. I was, I was definitely I said, quoting I was him. Like, Jay. I was quoting him because he was speaking some truth. And I was like, Jay, people have said this before, but the timing of the pandemic, what he's saying, and the climate that we are at with men versus women, what he's doing right now is like iconic in this moment is very big. 
I don't even watch them no more. I don't even see people sharing them like that no more. And what I was trying to explain to him is like, yeah, it's good, but like, it's only for this moment. Niggas been saying that before he got on the platform and said it. It just no, takes they, they, they weren't I saying they weren't saying they weren't saying it on a platform though. They might have been saying it amongst bros, but they I'm weren't listening. saying it on a platform. I, didn't, I'm listening. I never heard it. I never heard it like he said. He he is unapologetic about what he says, and I think most people that that had that or say that are are worried about the backlash and um, you know not as forthcoming. He was he's straight to the point. He's blunt with it, you know and a lot of it honestly made sense. And I think the timing of it is perfect of the pandemic, but it also ties back to our conversation last week. This is also, um, when you have an uprising and some other things, you also have like the, the rebuttal to it. And I think he is one of those people that are, you know, that are trying to uh, recapture and change the narrative. Because like one episode I saw with the lady that made good, like a lady that made good money and, how, and what she was expecting, what her expectations were, uh, didn't align with the man that she wanted. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, I think I, I mean, I and I agree with it. You know, I agree with a lot of what he had to say. So I, I think it is timing of the pandemic. But I think also the timing of where we at. And I agree with you, Keenan, where you said, man, where we are with versus lemon to some degree. But I also think the delivery is something that like we've never seen before. Not the Earth 99. Lewis, yeah. Earth 99. So what basically what you just told me. Let me let me not say that. Earth 99 wives out of we all. Hey, Keenan, just just play devil's advocate. Go ahead. No, nah, no, nah, because I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna ask, that's cool, that's cool, I'll tell you that. But to, to prove the point I was proving to Jay before I go to you, Lewis, the only thing I was telling Jay was, people, have, we've said though, even people on this screen right now has said things like that. It's just that we didn't get on the mic and say it. We had stuff to lose. He's been divorced I, I agree with you. He, he done lost everything he can. Why wouldn't he try to make every, why wouldn't he try to cause hell everywhere else? Because he done but lost Keenan, it. What we, what, what we were saying was, we weren't saying that he was causing hell. What we were saying is before he came on the scene, can you name somebody else that was using that platform to do that? Because my, you have other people was, out here that were- And my rebuttal was, that, was, was there rebuttal? were people doing that, but what we cannot eliminate Can you name from viral, viral situation. Who was doing that? Uh, I would question. say, do y'all know, uh, what's Stefan's last name? God, I can't remember, this dude named Stefan, he got dressed, he wrote a book on it. He's been a, a relationship expert for years. Um, I would say Angela, he speaks about this on her. Was it as candid? I'm talking about men. I'm talking about men. Yo, was it as candid? Say it again. Was it as candid? Yes, the same platform they caught Kevin Samuels on was the same thing Stefan was on when he was talking about the, the same, uh, the, they were the same platform, but uh, Kevin Samuels blew up. And what I was trying to tell Jay is you cannot eliminate timing from success. Agreed. Yeah, I'm not it's trying. I'm not trying. I agree with that. I'm not trying to eliminate that because you're absolutely but right. He's not saying, but Jay, he's not saying anything you haven't heard before. He's just so saying. I did, Kenan, I did not dis listen to what I'm saying. I'm not disagreeing with that. What I'm saying is, you're arguing something that you already know. We're not disagreeing with the timing part. Okay. We get that everybody is in a cahoots with you, and we're agreeing with Tommy. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is, is that before Kevin Samuels, who was doing it the way and the style that he's doing it. No matter, like, of course, we're talking about it amongst bros, but I'm talking about on a platform like this. You named the Stefan dude I've never heard of. But I said, I said, I said it to both y'all after this for real, for real. No lie, I yeah, will send it. But, but I'm just saying, so he had the same impact? No, he didn't because his timing wasn't there, but he was hey, talking so about the same things. They blew Was he talking to women too, like Kevin does? Like, was he talking directly? And I think that's what the shock value was for me is that he's sitting here talking to women. And there yeah. was, he's giving them immediate response, like a, an immediate response. 
right? I've never the seen same that way before. that the same way that the women talk to men. Like if they're sitting there and they have a party and it's like, okay, let's yeah, let's go ahead you. and start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it's more accepted though. And I'm not I'm not trying to just throw it out there. But if we, let's be realistic, like if we talk about the feminist movement and all this stuff, if it was a female doing this, it would have a different dynamic because it, it's been done before multiple times. Because you can talk about what a man needs to work on, and we take it as you know what we probably do need to work on that. I could get better at this. Okay. We try to approach it like that. Whereas if somebody's telling you what you need to work on. It's like, what are you talking about? I'm distinguished, I'm established. Nobody's, like, if you ever notice when it's like, the thing that I do agree with Kenan on is like the over-talking and all this stuff and cutting off, he's very rude in, in moments. We all can agree with that. But if he's acting, asking you a direct question, how many times have they danced around answers? All the time. I agree. The ones they, I've seen. Never, they ain't never been asked those questions. Right. Exactly. They've never considered though, the outcome of the answers to those questions. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think what makes Kevin Samuels different is that in most cases, when he says it, we assume that that's his perspective, but he's really speaking from these are the rules of the game. I don't make the rules up. And, and according to the dating world, you were three, like you were three, right. like I would, that, that's not, that's not him talking. Like that's, right. he's taking like the perspective of everybody and really like, Cause I'm telling you, they, hey, they light us up in a heart. So, is there any situation where the man is there any situation where the man should be pursued? Uh, you said where a man should be pursued. Yes. Um, oh, I'm thinking me personally. No, I'm about to say me personally. No, I feel like the man should be the one doing the pursuing. Me personally. Hey, think, hey, hey, Lewis, is there any situation where a man should be pursued? Don't man, look down, down going, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lewis. Hey, Lewis. Jeezy, don't do it. Hold on. I'm asking. Let's have a conversation. If we're going to have it and we're going to go it. there, this was not planned at all. Hope y'all see right. the names on the screen because we ain't even do intros. But <laughs> y'all already know how we coming, man. I, it's your boy K-Dot. We got y'all know OG Mason, my Brody, my Brody J, my Brody Lewis. So tell, tell me this, though. Is there mm -hmm. any situation where the man should be pursued? I'm just asking a question. Earth no. 98. Leave wives and everything we got out of it. Earth 98, is there any situation where the man's the man should be pursued? No. Explain any situation. Is there any dating situation where a man should be pursued? Hey, they try to I'm not gonna the words. No, because I'm, I guess the words. I'm thinking it. No, nah, because I guess y'all, yo, y'all well. Y'all really well. No, I'm this, asking. Bro. I'm but asking straight up. If we gonna have a conversation around Kevin Samuels, because right. essentially what he is saying is y'all don't hold value in this world. In order for a guy to even consider you, you got to bring X, Y, and Z. But Look, you also to have to realize that he's talking, what he's talking about is a specific hierarchy of men. Yeah, he's talking go. about a, yeah, a, a yeah, certain yeah. type. So yeah. if you go out here and you think taking that $30,000 mentality, you thinking that, no, you need to be approaching. Cause you but, know what but, I'm talking about? But, you ain't, he's you saying thing, I can't take out the back end of it. And he's talking about high value end. man. He's saying that if a woman met those needs, then she, then, she can approach him. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, what you mean on that? Can if you, can a woman you elaborate meets on that? the things that Kevin Samuels says she could meet. Okay. Thing A, thing B, thing C. He's saying then uh -huh. she lives in the realm where she can approach this guy that she wants. No? I don't think that he would, that's not what I got from it. What I got from it was he was saying that if she meets those requirements and she wants to approach that man, in that perfect world, in that situation, if she wants to approach him, she's understanding what she values and brings to that table outside of 
the the normal stuff like education, like the stuff that's gonna be nurturing and what's gonna fit into his lifestyle is what he was saying. I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just saying that that's what I got from what he was saying. If you can't be up here, I've seen it on his show multiple times where he's asked a lady, oh, so would you date a plumber? A plumber? Ain't date no plumber. Then he says, well, you know, a master plumber makes 80 to $100,000 a year. Oh, like, but it's lack of knowledge. So is what he's saying is basically a lot of them are having unrealistic. You could, so Keenan, what you're telling me is you can be out here and want a man that makes, cause you know, y'all hear this. $400,000, I want to move here, do this. I don't want to work. Because he asked him, how much of the uh, financial load would you like you to will, carry? Right. He I'm going to tra- transition this, this way. Earth 10, okay. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to jump in this and jump right out. All I right. guarantee you, the same the same dudes, they talking about got to make $100,000, 120000 mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if you put them in a room full of a, dudes that make 50000 if the dude know what to say, they walking out together. Agreed. So, but to transition though, uh, my question was, so this won't be good, bro. Which one do y'all see? This ain't had nothing to do with relationships. Which do y'all see the most power in if you had to choose one? Observation or taking action? Which one has more power? Being like observing situations, learning that way or taking action? Which one do you feel has more power? That's an SAT question, yeah, boy. I say observation. Right. I think observation. I got a four hundred on that. I'm listening. <laughs> four hundred. This nigga crazy. Look, go ahead, Louis. You said observation. I'm listening. Yeah. So observation can apply within taking action. It can happen. It's a process that can happen with, within taking action. Observation allows you to know how and when to take a- action. Um, observation is necessary. Um, mm-hmm. taking action is also necessary, but I think observation is reserved for those. Where does the power are... of observation lie that makes that more valuable than taking action? Don't put them together. You, you, if you say observation, cool, but tell oh, me. Oh, I can, I can answer I that say, if you, if, would... if, if, yeah. Go ahead, so Mike. The power, the power in observation is you get an opportunity to, 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 um, retain information. Yeah, you get, oppor- would... get opportunity to process. Okay. You get an opportunity to watch, see, hear, use your senses to, to assess and um, process before you, before you, I hate to put it back, but before you take action or do, or decide not to take action. I think sometimes it's more power in nothing. Sometimes it's power in nothing as well. And it's power in knowing when not to do nothing. Yeah. I would say the power in observation comes with like uh, the consideration, like observation brings about consideration. Like through the observation process, you're literally considering what you're seeing and not seeing right like mm-hmm. i think it's, it's giving you a, a chance to like be strategic and uh i guess focus your actions you mm-hmm. know because you know we we human so you know the power in action without observation if you separate the two comes off a little raw and uncut in times i think it needs to be refined through the observation and I agree. I agree with the observation as well, because sometimes if you just jump right out there and take action, it could work out. But oftentimes, if you're not sitting back and observing and assessing the situation, like both of those guys said, if you're not uh, assessing the right situation, you can take action, but be going the wrong way. But if you sit back and observe, you, you'll you make more of a, a calculated strike, so to speak. So to me, observation works better for me. I don't knock anybody that takes action first, because obviously sometimes you learn better like that. Yep. But for me personally, I like to observe 
assess the situation and then take action and knowing where I want to strike. I don't just want to swing like kind of like the Mayweather effect. I don't want to swing a thousand punches. I want to make all my punches land and count. All right, so I gotta y'all know that's not my answer, but I don't even want to be the oh, we know. always go against we'll no, wait. Let's hear, let's we'll hear. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Was I mean, I, I I thoroughly disagree. I don't I do think observation takes its place. I think the mm-hmm. older I've gotten, I realize that observation is more about, and this ain't no no not no funny. I think observation is more about processing time. Like how do you experience something and how quickly can you process what just happened and what to do next? So typically if somebody needs to feel what happened and see what happened. Like you process things in your in your own space at your own rate and you feel better about the action. Whereas I'm the type where like, I kind of feel like I can do something and make adjustments as I go. And I have confidence that, you know, it doesn't work every time, but I have confidence that A, the opportunity didn't leave, leave me. B, I can make adjustments as I'm taking action because I actually understood what happened and I processed it that quickly. Now, I'm not going to lie. It has played against me, but I've had analysis analysis paralysis probably 25 of my 30 years of living. And I realized when we when we observe too much, we end up not doing anything because essentially observing you take in everything. But like, what's the output of that? Because a lot of times if you name the the number of times you observe something, is it an even ratio to the amount of times that you've taken action? It's you. I think it's unfair to put it in that context because. Again, you observe to know if you should take action or not. I think it. I think it's also intentional, right? Can you answer my question what, though before you go on? What what part? It, the, what part how I mean? many times have you observed and then a meet? Or is the ratio to taking action to your observations equal? Well, if or you're more of an observer, action? then no. Have you ever observed? Like, you know how you said there's power 100%. in nothing. That's what I'm saying. Is it take? Is taking action? It's taking action, not doing anything as well. Is that is that an action? Yes. So, so it's hundred percent. Yes, but let but let me say so that. Then it's hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you, every time you observe, you don't intentionally not take action. Y'all not being honest if y'all say that. Like, you but then every time you take action, and then not do anything you, because that was the action you decided. You've observed right, I, stuff and just never went past observing. But, but a lot of times you but but Keenan, that's the same thing you were just telling. Lewis, that you're intertwining both in. A lot of times you just said you take action and you adjust as you're going. So that means you have to observe what you did while you, you took yeah, action you, you, and you to adjust it. process and observe. And then you said you act and then process to adjust. Okay. So you intertwining them as well. I don't disagree. Look for my defense. Lewis intertwined him first. He said that's unfair to bear together. <laughs> to my defense, to my defense, Lewis started with this. Lewis started with intertwining him, but I'll take it now. But here out what I'm saying, Jay. Both okay. well, all y'all are saying 110 percent correct, but I need y'all to hear me. Okay. There is observation. I decided not to take action based off what I observed. Right, then okay. there's observation. I'm taking action based off what I observed. Then okay. there's observation just to be informed and I'm not doing anything with my observation. Okay. So no, Lewis, no. I'm confused, bro. How is that different than the, how is that, that different than the, the first thing you said? Cause you okay. can also take action and not do anything. You can also take action. And so it's, it's like, you can still list them. But the question was, if I heard it correctly, were you asking us, do you, uh, what has more power? Being an okay, let me put action. it in a different context. Okay, so so Mike, let me say this, Mike. Okay, you observe something, right? Uh, let's take it. Let's just say something at your job. You observe, right? 
say like, nah, I don't like, nah, I think about that. I don't think I'm the best at that. I'm not going to do it. You observed it. You realized you weren't going to do it. And you didn't take it, right? Mm-hmm. How much great things do you think about that you do nothing with just because you let it fall to the wayside? I don't think, I don't. That, I but think. not consciously. I mean, it's not, it's not like you made a decision. No, I'm not going to do it. You observe it. You got some great, you got some great knowledge that you could apply at work, but you, it just falls to the wayside because it's not prioritized. Do y'all not understand what I'm saying? Am I tripping? I agree, no, 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 no. You're not I, tripping. I, I, but I don't think that is valid for the question asked. Because now we're asking like, is what you, is me prioritizing my observance the same as me just acting, or different right. than me just acting? Like, it is am I basically you saying it's it's less effective to prioritize your observance than to everything be a priority mm-hmm. and, to, right. and to act on it? Yeah, and, and I guess I, I guess for I'm me saying, what I'm over, hearing as well too. Over, say it again. I'm sorry, Jay. Go ahead. I'm about to say what I'm hearing as well too is uh, when you say like a percentage. And you said like how many of those things are a percentage of what fell to the wayside? It's 50-50 because you could take that action and still did, did nothing and it still fell to the wayside. I, I, so I just you, think, you I get what I'm saying? So it could still be 50-50. I'm a digress because you- I don't want to spend too much of the segment trying to explain it. <laughs> okay. So Kenny, hold on, my brother. So are you are you saying that people should be more you're saying you're you're one of those people that are just gonna do rather than watch before you do scenario? I'm not I'm not saying that. So for, for, for me, in order to answer your question and better explain what I'm doing, I okay. see the power in action over observation because I have to pick one. I'm not gotcha. saying that I don't see the power of observation. I'm not saying that. But if you if I could only pick observing and I could only pick action, I would just, I would have to pick action if I only had those two options, right? Okay, got you, got you. But, but what, I, what I'm saying, Lewis, is, is that I think in this conversation, what, we're, what, what I'm not able to articulate that I think we're missing each other on is that observation yes but i think y'all are over and this may be me correct me y'all giving yourselves too much credit on how many times y'all make a conscious decision not to do something because you observed it but but you're only but okay but you're asking about the power but now you're tying the observation into an action yeah like okay not, so we pick we pick yeah. which one we value now we moving on right. to why yeah. we think that oh okay okay okay, okay we pick okay. y'all y'all pick observation and then right. you said, why would I pick power? So now what I'm asking is, Mike, why, why, what, okay, observation, cool. But how does that hold more power when I, you will have to say, how many times did I make a conscious decision not to do something, a conscious decision to do something, and did, and haven't done anything with the information? We will have to answer that question, correct? Mm-hmm. But when you say, but when you say, I think the last one is where you're, if I get, if I observe something, right, a, a result comes from that regardless. By you saying not doing anything with the information is mm-hmm. misleading. That's because I had to do something with it, whether if I ignored I it. That's right. Yeah, whether I ignored it or I, I decided, to act, you know, uh, physically act on it. I think you're using act as a physical activity. Yep. You're you're not giving us the credit. You know how you say we're, we're you get we gave ourselves too much credit. You didn't give us the credit to decide what action was. Like yep. you're 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 attaching a physical uh, result or a motion to action, and I can say ignoring it is an action. Yep, right. You so, can't. Right. I can't see something and not do nothing with it again. All right, so we just got through a whole segment where all three of them were just lying a lot. I'm I'm debating <laughs> if I'm a, it's easy to just straight up. Y'all saying, but yeah, hey, I ain't, I ain't even out there. Y'all y'all beat me three to one. I try to defend myself, but okay, y'all got it. So all my right. next question would be. 
um, have y'all ever, do y'all think to the literal definition, y'all ever experienced like, or, or like dabble with depression while being married? Yes. And it may not be spouse specific. Like, what well, do y'all think y'all ever experienced it or been in it? Woody woo woo. And what was that space like getting out of it? If y'all have. I mean, uh, me personally, I've definitely experienced it before. Um, getting out of it was difficult because um, I wasn't aware that I was depressed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're not aware of this, you just kind of like going through motions. And, you know, because people often look at depression as like somebody walking around sad all the time. You know, I was still laughing still, but I didn't realize that I was like, man, I'm really depressed in certain situations. But a lot of it had to do with just uh, me beating myself up, being hard on myself and feeling like that I wasn't doing enough. I could always do more, you know, and and even though I was doing enough, it goes back to the segment that we talked about um, last time. I was just more so looking for that validation. So because I was not receiving that validation, I started second guessing everything that I started doing. So the, what I did to get out of it was I started realizing that um, I needed to be the one to validate myself. You know, and once I realized that, it helped me out a lot. I'll put myself out there next. I know I definitely have. I think mine was, I think mine was kind of twofold, man. I think on one end, and it wasn't my wife's fault, but I think I lost myself in her. And when I lost myself in her and I couldn't find me, when I was at my place of peace and she wasn't around, I was like, it was like a, it was like a shell of myself. So I didn't really know what part of me was me if that makes any sense in the world, because I took on that identity of like marriage and my wife. And I'm like, yo. And then when you sit down by yourself and you like, damn, what do I like doing? Like, what, who am I? How do I, like, why do I feel like if I decide to do this, I'm putting my family in the worst situation. Oh man. And I will wake up drained 10 hours of sleep, six hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. 12 hours of sleep drained, taking naps every day. Uh, even though I still ain't the skinny as now, I was bigger than I was now. It was just like, what was it? And I think depression for me really looked like, like um, for me being as social as I am, I think it looked like for me, it looked like me overextending myself, trying to find value in other people because I didn't know how to find value in myself. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of, I spent a lot of time like trying to prove to people that I'm valuable but when I got home, I would question the same value that I just tried to prove to them. Like, man, man. that's deep. Proving their self, proving your value. That was that was actually really good. No, that was deep. What do you do? You mean proving, like proving it to to like your people at your job, like like or at home or your friends? Like, how how did that? Could you kind of elaborate on that? For sure, bro. It, it, to me, it was it was all of the above. So I give examples and everything. Uh, I went through a stage in my life, like if somebody told me that they had anything to do. Hey, bro, I'm uh, opening up birthday cards on Saturday. I just need you to be there. I would drive I would drive down the highway. That's a fact. But, because I needed them That's to know, because I needed them to know that I was there. I needed mm-hmm. them to know that like I value them. And then when I got home and they would say like, hey, bro, why you leave so early? I immediately questioned if I was worth anything to that specific relationship because I didn't have no value in myself at the time. It's like, no matter what I did before, no matter what I did after that, if you, if you take it to work, if somebody if we was in a collaborative setting and they're like, hey, yo, we need everybody to do this. I'll hurry up and go do everything, make everything look good and send it to them. 
and somebody will say like, hey, could you put, uh, you know, I do all those things. And then somebody say the next time, hey, could you do this differently? Not because I did bad, just because they were still teaching me feedback and to get better. But I was so insecure and not understanding where my happy place was. That would throw me for a loop. Like, yo, like, damn, what I do? How, why didn't they? You know what I mean? So I think yeah. being on that 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 uh that carousel of like, you know how them horses go up and down? Yep. yep. That shit was daily. Emotion. You wake up happy, go through the work day. You come home and like something small. You questioning like, what type of husband am I? But in reality, yes. bro, you've been thugging it out, doing your thing since day one. And and coming out of it really took like telling people no, because people will run you into the ground, bro, and they don't care. So like telling people no, not in a malicious way, just like hey, I can't do that. And I had to learn if you question my character, you don't know me. Mm. If you question my character, then you don't know me for real, who I am at heart. So what helped me get out of it is telling people no, and people telling me no, and we talking trash about why we said no. The next, you know, when we miss each other. So that's how I got up out of mind, bro. I didn't mean to wrap y'all up like that, but that was my experience. No, that was good, though. Yeah, that was real good. You're diving into it. I, I can't, for me, man, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I've been depressed, man. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I say that sincerely, like, I've just been one of those folks that's just, like, been super focused. And, mm. I mean, I've never took the time in my life to deal with emotions. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, that, and that's dangerous in itself. So I, I just feel like I've just now gotten to a point to understand how to read emotions and understand what that emotion is. Yeah, I know what insecurity is, right? Mm -hmm. I know what um, I know what those things are, but I've never really thought about what state am I in currently. I've never, never really thought mm -hmm. about that or had the luxury of really thinking of that or gave myself, not had the luxury. I never gave myself the luxury to, to understand where I was um, in, a, in an emotional state. Man. That was, that's good, man. That's, that's, that's real. That's real dope. I think uh, probably over the last ten years, ever since I left home, I left home twenty eleven, and I, you know, I've been around, you know, uh, straight to Korea when I joined the military. Uh, so a lot of time over there to reflect, and and during those periods from all the way from then till now, like trying to find, I went through a phase. Well, still going through the phase of really trying to identify what and who I was and like, what was I really good at? Right. Like that value thing I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think I didn't really find something that I knew I was good at until I became a father. Right. Oh, and I no. think it, Damn, that, like, yeah. it, like once that happened, it almost ruined me because I fell so deep into like finding uh pleasure in, in what I knew I was good at. To the sure. point where I feel like I'm always like trying to take the burden off my wife. I feel hey, like I'm Mike, always... let me ask you a question. Let yeah. me ask you a question. How do you know you're a good father, bro? And I'm not calling you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there, there, there is no, it's subjective, of course. Subjective, mm -hmm. of course. But I think that was the only time that I had been uh, paraded about anything. You know what I mean? Like that was the only uh, time I had been uh, validated. Okay. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't me saying it. That was the first time, like, you know, you know, you know, you, you pretty doggone good at this. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I appreciate this. And, and it just fell me, like it, it pushed me deeper into like find, trying to find new ways to be good at it. Like so mm -hmm. much so that I didn't know really what I liked. 
You know right. what I mean? Like, right. I don't really know what I like. I, you know, like, I know I ain't gonna be uh, doing this forever, you know? I ain't gonna be wiping, you know, butts and stuff forever. For yeah. sure. So, 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 like, trying to identify, like, you know, that next thing in life or, like, what my real interests are outside of this is real difficult for me. Like, mm-hmm. it that yeah. ain't real hard, bro. Like, all the way to this day. Was it a That's situation real, where you always were ready to be a dad or... Was you you always was looking forward to be a father, or when you became a father, it instantly took your identity because you realized how much you enjoyed it, or yeah. was it the thing you've been itching to be a dad your whole life? No, no, I had never thought about it until it happened, bro. Dope, dope. Yeah, dope, that's dope, the same dope. for me. I did about being I mean, a dad. Was, you thought about being a father like your whole life, bro? When I was a kid, yeah, dang, that was my goal, right? Like I wanted to be a family because I, I just again that going back to like our conversation last week, that's what I was seeing. That's what was the image that was being portrayed in front of uh, in front of me from TV, right? So mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to be uh, what I am now, and everything I've done was rooted in that. So I never really y'all know me. I never really went out and did a lot of things because I was looking to get to that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to have kids. I was practicing. But I wasn't trying to have practice. <laughs> we talk about practice. Yeah, I was got practicing. the game, Lewis. You know, and I got in the game a little bit sooner than I thought. Yeah, but uh, thought I was going to start. But for me, like that's something that's always been important to me. And mm-hmm. the reason, Mike, I asked you that question is because sometimes I question if I'm good at it, right? Like I, you always have this thought process of what you expect your kids to be, and the more you learn uh, about people. In the anatomy of the human is that it's only but so much in your control. You can do all the things and follow all the steps that you think or that you would have wanted. Some really, we I parent the way I wanted to be a parent. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. I what I'm realizing is that I have to parent to meet the needs of my children. Mm-hmm. They're right. growing, growing up under different circumstances right. and they're completely different from me. Mm-hmm. And that's the moment that I felt like I started to get it and became a good father is when I realized that it wasn't about me and it's exactly about them. Even though I wanted this since I was a child and I wanted it this way, I realized this is what my son, this is what my daughter needs and I need to be whatever they need for them. And that's when I felt like the moment I became a good parent because then I started to put my own thoughts of of what a parent should be and I put what their needs were first. And it's beyond monetary, it's beyond uh, sometimes it's beyond presence. Sometimes it's just being listening and, and, and understanding and really trying to understand them. Like that, that's so much value in that. As your kids get older, Keenan, um, and, and I'm sure Jawan and, and Mike, I'm not sure how old your, your children are, but once you start to understand them, that's when you, in my opinion, that's when you truly become a, a good parent in my, in my eyes. I, I, hey, Keenan, I agree with you. Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, Lewis, that was absolutely like word for word ties into what me and Keenan was talking about last week, uh, how we often see like success in like the result instead of the process. Mm-hmm. Like we can't hold Back. ourselves, uh, you know, as parents, uh, you know, to like trying to build like the end result for ourselves, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's about the process. That's everything. That's literally everything that, that you said. Jay, you were gonna say something, bro. Um, 
first of all, you guys, this is some great content tonight. I just want to go and you know state that. <laughs> that hey, like hey, JB like JB look like he from Florida, boy. I'm telling you. Like, hey boy, get up out of here, boy. <laughs> but listen, what I talk about. No, um, just to kind of uh, piggyback a little bit off what Mike and Lewis were saying, I think you added it too, Kenny. Just pretty much what everybody was saying. Uh the moment I kind of I kind of went like reverted back, uh, so to speak, about my like my parents. And like you said, I started questioning myself because I was traveling a lot. And and because I was traveling so much, I'm more of a hands-on, active, we doing something today type of dad. And when I started traveling, I started asking myself those questions when I was in the hotel room because it's like when I did get back home, I would find myself, like Keenan was saying, like overcompensating and doing these things because it's like I've been gone for two and a half weeks. So I need to make you feel like, you know, it's okay that I'm back home. So, but I realized the effect that it had on my kids, I would just be grabbing the keys and, and I'm ready to go to the store and they're like, oh, you leaving again? And it's like, in my mind, I'm like, man, do they really view me as like this dad is just always on the road? Like it started, it had me questioning myself. Like, is this really worth, like, like how are they gonna grow up and really view me as a father? Cause I'm thinking that I'm just this amazing, like y'all said, like I'm this top notch dad, but in their mind, they might think, yeah, my dad was never there. And I have to be open and, you know, open to them saying that. And what Keenan told me was like, you can't judge. Cause I'll never forget what Keenan got on me. Uh, I oh, miss, what was I missing, Keenan? And then I, he was, I said, man, I'm missing my kids grow up, man. And I, I was being like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to repeat what I said. You can repeat it. I ain't going to repeat what I said. Yeah. And he was like, Jay, you, what do you mean you missing them grow up? Like you out of town like one time, like it, but it, it was what the he context was saying, of the cook, Jay, Jay will be going out of town a lot. And they're gonna leave for a week and then like by Wednesday, he'd be like, Yeah, bro, I just feel like I'm missing my girl. I'm like, nigga, you going home in two days. Shut up. Like, you ain't they ain't, bro. Like, <laughs> I get what you said, but you ain't me, you ain't going like that, yo, Jake. When you said that, bro, I, I kind of like paused because like I was in the military and I got out for that reason, dog. Hmm? You know what I'm saying? Like, I missed the birth of my son. Um, the hardest thing I ever did. And Mike, you, I mean, I know you in the Air Force, you know, in the military too, man. But the hardest thing I ever did, man, I was with y'all that night, was leaving my wife, my pregnant girlfriend at the time, to go. And I, that's a feeling I never wanted to feel again, ever. Yeah. And my wife, dog, like, I never wanted to. And the months I was gone, I would pray and I'm like, man, I don't ever want this feeling again. Like, yeah. ever. Because, again, like, from a child, this, I, I wanted a family. And I just, I, I do understand the sense of guilt. That's what it is. It's a sense of guilt. Oh, you know definitely. what I'm saying? In trying to 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 do what you know is right. And essentially what you are doing is right. But it's like mm. presence is such a big part, or maybe I'm thinking for me, it's just such a big part of being a, a parent. But it's it's what you do when you're there. Because there are plenty of present parents That's that absent. aren't that aren't do yeah, that aren't that are absent, you know, in their children's yes. lives. And um yes. But yeah, yeah, I, I struggle with that too, uh, Jay. You know, I struggle with that too because presence is important to me. And you are present. Yeah, I see. I see how you interact with your kids. You're a present father, even when you're there. You're a present father. And and then you know the crazy. I appreciate part for me, that. My, my my son threw me in a whirlwind because of this. I think coming up with like abandonment issues and you thinking the whole value thing, bro. When I had him, I, I was in a similar situation. My son was during born during the pandemic, so. I wasn't even in the room when Britt got the C-section to have him. So like, oh, wow. it was like, this is, I'll never get it. Most, my 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 birthday uh, story was the most tra traumatic ever, bro. So 
they took her out because she she had like some type of infections. Her fever started going crazy. They took her out. They didn't tell me I couldn't go until they took her out. Then like an hour and a half goes by. Then the nurse just opens the door and screams, the baby's out. I don't know what he looked like. I don't know if my wife is okay because she just got cut open. I don't know. I don't know none of that. So then another crazy. nurse says like, hey, I'm about to go take a picture of him. Meanwhile, Brittany thinks he's with me because she didn't get to see him because when they cut her C-section, she heard him cry and they just pulled him and took him to the NICU because his heart rate was high. So oh, she's okay. never seen our son. I've never seen him. I'm thinking he's in there with her. She's thinking he's in there with me. And when she rolls back in the room, we both of us together haven't seen our child. Wow. Oh, man. So I'm like, yo, so so then, but from the jump, so it kind of robbed me of that like, Oh my God, I'm a dad. Like, you know what I mean? But when my son, I never, when my son hit about eight. So this is going to be unpopular, but I'm going to be honest. Me personally, I don't feel that crazy bond feeling like right off. Cause I like, you know, you going to take care of them. You know, you love on them and stuff, but you don't feel that crazy. Like this is the word. I, that wasn't me at the beginning, but when he started turning like eight months and he could identify who I was and it was like, no, I need, I need you. Like, no, we're not doing, I need you. Or somebody had come in the room and he like, yo, where my daddy or my mommy at? And then to be really transparent right now, Cameron is choosing me over Britt right now. Oh, and I get it's a phase, but I'll never forget this. During the hospital, because of, of, of our situation, I, I could only do skin to skin. She couldn't at the time. And I'm thinking skin to skin. Oh, I'm like, bro, that skin to skin don't mean nothing. Y'all got me doing skin to skin six times a day. And bro, come out now. The bond is crazy. Like, like, and I've never been in a situation in my life, including my wife, where you feel needed. I ain't talking about wanting. My wife wants me. My wife made me feel good. But like Cameron, like when I walk in the house, like, nah, daddy, you can't have a bad day because if you have a bad day, I'm not going to be all right. So right. I think that that right. that motor that that drives me because I know like he's going to play off me no matter what. And now he's starting to mimic small stuff I do. It makes me think like, damn, like it ain't even about what I say now. It's all about what he see me do. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But uh, did y'all have anything else? Cause I got y'all know, boy, y'all got great, me in it now. Great, that's a great topic. <clears throat> that was a great topic. So, no, so how, how how old were y'all when y'all started challenging the ideologies of how y'all was raised? Whew. While I was in it, <laughs> you feel me? You did you feel come out? Like, what are y'all niggas hey, hey, doing? Hey, hey, Lewis, hey, Lewis, were you observing or were you taking? Hey, action? Lewis, what you say? <laughs> I'm like, what are these niggas doing? Y'all get this shit wrong. <laughs> hey, hey. Said it wrong, all wrong. What's the biggest thing? What was the biggest mishap that you see? Yeah, honestly, no, no disrespect to any of our parents. No, nah, man. Not treat, not respecting me as a, a human being. Like I think in the South, it, they expect kids to be robots, seen and not heard, and all this. Your opinions don't matter. Do as I do as I say, and all that absolute power, which is necessary as a parent. And sometimes, I, it, trust me, because there are times where I can't. I just need you to listen. I don't have the time to explain to you the why. Right. I just right. need you to do exactly what I say for your safety. Right. And I My, can I'm tell you why later. But but. But what I feel like is that becomes the extreme. And like if my parents or my whoever would just listen to what I had to say about how I felt about something, you would understand why I thought the way that I did and how what you would do would affect me. You know what I'm saying? Like right. if you would just right. treat me as a human being, 
and, and assume and assume that I have the capacity or the intelligence to understand what you're trying to because most often I did. I knew the route that you were trying. I know what you're trying to teach me, but the way you're trying to teach me is is condescending and it's unnecessary. I know it's I'm smart enough to recognize it's unnecessary, but mm-hmm. because you're projecting my, your limitations of what you think I know, you're not even giving me an opportunity to meet you there. That's true. Mike, Mike or Jay, either one of y'all. I, I'll say I, when I once the second I realized that uh, I'm gonna just say that generation uh, prioritized uh, like an adult embarrassment or adult uh, uh, ego over yeah. child Ooh. development. Oh yes, sir. Like they they they, they, they rather they rather uh, eliminate relationships that are beneficial to the child or uh, you know. Uh, you know tell small lies to to you know pre, pre, you know prevent you know adult embarrassment you know yep. that directly affects the child like mm-hmm. mentally yeah like, mentally like mm-hmm. like like clearly you know you know they was raised that if i'm feeding you you know taking care of you giving you some place to live you know you're indebted to me to respect me regardless of yeah. anything i do to you yeah, and, that, right. and, yeah. And, the, and the older I get, bro, the the more almost disgusted I get. Oh, Mike, you so, talking, man, you, Mike, walk, 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 walk heavy, walk heavy, Hey, Mike, this is the part where I say, get in your bag, Mike. Hey, boy, pull that back, boy, dog. That boy, saying uh, something, like, boy. I like a slight disgust that <laughs> that 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 really we're children at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how could y'all not, or how could y'all be so arrogant not to believe that a relationship between siblings is affected by you know whatever adult foolishness y'all got going For on? Sure. Like, why, if especially when they grew up in certain situations, like similar situations themselves, right? Yeah. How could you, you know, take the actions you take as adults just to protect, you know, the way we view you or the way yeah. the public sees you, people that don't know about you? You know, lying about who parents is who, or like yep. that's, that's wild yep. stuff. It is, it is wild. It's some the kids wild stuff. Where the you know where the where the you know the heavy coat for it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Jay. Um. Well, uh, shit. Uh, y'all gonna fucking send me out the mic. Like, damn. Uh, <laughs> hey, my ain't gonna lie. That's yeah. He got his bag, yeah, bro. I mean, but I think the one thing for me that I realized was more so that. Um, the thing that they used to tell us, like, oh, well, I was just raised like that. Like, we had to actually understand that our parents mm-hmm. were raised a certain type of way. So mm-hmm. as far as, like, Lewis was kind of alluding to, as far as, like, the uh, – they weren't branching out a lot on anything. It was just straightforward. Like, you're either going to go up and you're either going to go to school or you're going to work this type of job. It was – everything was just straightforward with parents. What I realized in, in my household where it kind of was reckless is that if your parents, like you said, were like that, how we parent our kids – like Lewis said, he parents, he started parenting his kids how he wanted to be parented, mm-hmm. right? It's just weird to me that parents would go through all that shit and then turn around and put their kids through the same shit that they same went through. Thing. I, I never understood that. I'm like, you That's didn't crazy. like that your parents never gave you a, a platform to speak. But yet, every time your kid tries to speak, you shut them down. Yep. I it's never like- understood the psyche behind that. Yeah. I, I, I ain't any no need for me to go. I got, I got to. No, gotta, it is, bro. It is. <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna be real with you, bro. I don't think, and and I ain't gonna be. Now I'm playing devil's advocate in a good way, but <laughs> I think the one thing that if I had to critique my 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 upbringing, first of all, you can raise somebody well, 
and not put them in a position to be successful. Absolutely. You can raise somebody really good, but they not be in a position to be successful. I think that's a tough pill to swallow because I will argue that a lot of us was raised really well. You understand morals, you understand values. But when you get into a world where you can't decipher between professionalism, career, or things that we were literally never talking about, that the that 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 challenges what you what you were brought up on because like Lewis, if you wasn't 20 in a doggy dog or 21, maybe 21, 22 in a doggy dog world with the car salesman, can you say that in your household you was raised doggy dog? That mean, yeah, hi, damn, my fault. Yeah. But the point I was making is the thing I would challenge is I think. I was, I think I was taught to over-communicate. I know that sounds crazy, but I realized not in, I'm not even gonna say in the friendship world, not in the marriage world, in my professional world, that that hurts me a lot. To overly-communicate hurts me a lot. Not because I say the wrong thing. Sometimes you bring problems to the solution just thinking outside the box. And I had to realize <laughs> if the objective of company A is to do A, they don't want to hear what's A1, A2, A3. Get to A and shut up about it. And I think sometimes my mom created an environment where she made me feel like, hey, if it don't sound right to me, say something. Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. think that always, <laughs> I don't think that's always worked for me in a professional setting. Hell, it ain't worked for me in friendship sometimes. You feel me? But <laughs> I think I think I was able to, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being real though. But it ain't really the ideology for me. I think it's just some of the skills that were really sharpened. Them shit's dull now because of the world we live in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because my dudes ain't really, you know what I'm saying? She was really like, she was cool, Loki. You know what I'm saying? But uh, the second thing I had to do, I was going, what was I about that? It was a, it was a good question, too. He said that well, while you while you thinking of that, can I just ask all y'all one question? Oh, yeah, what's, what's up, Brody? Yeah, thank you. Because all, all of us have children. Uh, and I can go first too. What's one thing that you would teach your, you know, your child, your children? Um, like one thing that you want to teach them to carry on, um, you know, as they get older that maybe wasn't taught to you. Uh, for me, I, unpopular opinion or not, I'm going to teach my kids some level of selfishness. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have to teach them that because we were brought up in a society to where it's like, oh, it was just like, good God. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it's so hard for me because, and I know for y'all too, because all of us are, are unselfish people mm-hmm. because we were raised to like make everybody else feel good and, you know, do what makes other people happy. And I think that level of selfishness that we don't have kind of leads to that depression, leads to that uh, doubt, leads to that, you know, those, uh, internal things that really damage people over time because you're really living a life. We were taught to live a life to make somebody else happy and that was going to make us happy. Right. Sure. Like basically seeing my wife smile is going to make me smile. That's a damn lie. Yeah. Sure. You know what you I mean? You ain't trying to get in that bag though. I am, uh, you know, next segment. On Millennials versus the world. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that angle, man. I will, uh, uh, Jay, I would say, ahead, man, bro. one thing for me that I ain't really experienced I can't say it's a certain thing, but I think I want exposure for my son, you know, hopefully children in the future. But I think exposing him to things that he, and I'm not just saying like traveling, I need to expose him to Boy Scouts. I need to expose him to internships. I need to expose him to, to history lessons. I need to expose him 
to everything that I did not get at a young age, because I think the more exposure before high school, mm-hmm. you're able to make better decisions when you get there. I think a lot of times we think the decision-making process like starts when we're in high school. No, I think the different ways you think allow you to have more choice. And I think for us, our path was always, always like put in front of us. Like, hey, if you don't do this, you have to do this. There was yeah. no anything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just don't want to put my son in a position where he feels like he doesn't have a choice because he knows enough where he does have a choice. So I think my biggest thing is teaching my, well, showing, exposing him and educating him on how to use the things that he learned. For me, that's, good. that's really good, Keenan. That's really dope. I'm gonna go with self-value uh, for my daughter and my son. Um, you know, I got two two African-American children. And what I, what I am uh, pleased about is that we are now getting to a point as a society, however, progress, however we progress, even though it's slower, uh, for them to understand that there is value in, in themselves. And one thing that we didn't, I don't feel like I got growing up, and I ain't gonna lie, man, I, I felt some type of way about going to a historically black college, but now that I'm older, I see value in that. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, I think it's important for our African-American children to know and see value in themselves because the 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 curriculum, a lot of it, isn't going to reflect that. And in addition to that, I think that what what hurt me growing up, and I think what manipulated me or allowed me to be manipulate be manipulated, as confident as I am, I call we call ourselves alphas. I didn't have the assurance in my own self value and self worth at times, mm-hmm. and. I feel like people took advantage of that, you know, um, and or I was apprehensive to do certain things uh, through mm-hmm. my observations. I'm just kidding. I was apprehensive <laughs> to do certain things. And <laughs> yeah, shots fired. Shots because fired. I didn't feel value, and it's still me. some of that still plagues me today. He got a you yellow know? light. He got a yellow light on him. The some of that plagues me today. So. Um, I think uh, self-value is one thing that I want them to understand. Hey, man, how I mute, can I mute him? <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh go ahead, my ass. So, hey, hey, that was a good one, Lewis. Uh, I, I would say it's kind of – That was real good, Lewis. It's, it's a little it, off of uh, what everybody else said. Um, uh, something that I didn't do or I wasn't given the uh, opportunity to do until, like, you know, I'm grown now, so I ain't got no choice. But uh, to, to constantly seek – uh, different perspectives, right? Mm. Like, um, once I figured out that, you know, there was other churches outside of my church, <laughs> you know, oh, there man. was, you know, there was, other, you know, options as far as educationally. Once I found out that, you know, uh, I didn't necessarily have to follow the family structure of my, you know, my, my parents and their parents. Once I figured out that, uh, you know, the having conversations with other people and simply valuing what they had to say. I, I like my, my perspective for, you know, like, I think I grew a different level of respect for, you know, other humans, bro, especially other black people, bro. Like everybody got a story. Yep, everybody yep. come from somewhere. Yep. And like, just taking the second to like, ask the questions, bro. Like mm-hmm. ask the questions, not being afraid of, you know, co- you know, uh, opposing viewpoints. And just be willing to learn at all costs, bro. Like just, just mm-hmm. telling my, you know, telling my kids, like, look, I'm gonna give you, you know, the best. I'm gonna give you my hundred percent of what I think is right, right? That may only result in fifteen percent, uh, like effectiveness for you. 
Yeah. Like that's right. all you know. Right. That, that's I, yeah. I, I can live with that, bro. But I just don't mm-hmm. want my kids to be in this mode of like, well, daddy said this, you know, uh, you know, this is the way it got to be, or mama said this. Just be willing to go out there and seek other perspectives, bro, and you know, explore life and explore the world and you know, travel and you know, taste other food. Like, you know, it's a lot of good food out here. That's that's, yeah. that's facts. Hey, so what? <laughs> yeah. a lot. What? It, my my bad, Mike. I'm sorry, bro. No, go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm done. Oh. What what do y'all think about? How do y'all feel about our kids never experiencing the struggle we we experienced? It bothers me a little bit. Yeah, me too. Because I, I don't want to create a. I do feel like the struggle has shaped a reality for me to know that there is a negative another reality side, or positive reality. A positive reality because okay. I think I benefit from seeing both sides of the world, mm-hmm. or multiple sides of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Because on the way up, you see where you come from and you understand the value of a lot. And when mm-hmm. things are given to you, it's difficult, in my perspective, just from the people that I've interacted with, to understand the true value of what, what you have. Um, and that could be monetarily, that could be uh, a um, you know, two-parent household, um, it could be education, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So for me, I do feel like the, the, lack, the lack of something will will create a, um, um, a uh, what's the E-word I'm looking for? I can't, can't find the E-word. Expectation oh. um, uh, of, of what life could be, right? And mm-hmm. I, I want to ensure that they understand the value of what me and their mom are doing. I got a question too I'm going to ask um, after we're done with this one. It's really important. Okay. But I like okay. And I wanted to ask you something too, Louis. Uh, uh, just piggybacking off. <laughs> Do you? I got hype, man. I hit my elbow. Oh. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Okay. Go ahead. All right. Hey, Mike, uh, can y'all take him out of here? So what we gonna do? <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey, bro. Hey, bro. hey, Kenny, you really just hit your elbow, bro? Bro, ask my. Hey, bro, you can ask Mike, bro. I get hype every time we. Mike, do we not do this every time we record? Get hype, but bro, I love doing this, bro. I love this. <laughs> okay, bro. I, I just want to. Let me ask him this question. Before, okay, my fault. Oh, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you no. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Jay. Okay, I want to piggyback off what you were saying, Lewis. Um, do you think that? Cause you know, cer- certain parents like try to like give their kids a struggle. Like I want to show you the yep. value of a dollar and hard work, right? Like you try yep. to do that, right? Do you think that that's effect- more effective than how we went through it? Like going through something and then us trying to mimic a struggle is different, I think. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's completely different. Cause the way I get, it's like running for practice and running for a game, two yeah. different speeds. You know what I'm saying? Running out of leisure or running out of necessity. And when you're trying to come out of a struggle, you're running for necessity. But when right. you're you're put in a struggle to know that you'll be taken out, there's a bit of comfort there in it, and that you're not going to. It's just it's not as much pressure. It's not as much. Um, it's not as much uh, angst to get out of it. And I think with the resources that we have as as successful men that we are, sorry to cut you off, Mike. My last point. I think the resources that we have as successful men that we are, we tend to try to show our kids struggle but we also are a safety net for them and not realize it. We didn't yep. have a safety net. So the struggle was the struggle. Like That's true. you had to come out of that. So Bro, you, you may right try to that. show your kids that, but we have certain resources that our kids don't have to go through what we went through. Right. They'll never, right, be, go ahead, Mike, never be in that position because right. even now, if something happened, I've already exposed them to so much more than I had. It's completely different. They're already a leg up. You're hundred percent right. hundred percent right. That's really good, Jay. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for that, bro. Nah, you gave me that. I appreciate it. Go ahead, Mike. I ain't mean to cut you off, man. I don't mean I don't want to be the guy that 
Keep talking. <laughs> hey, hey, be that guy, Mike. Hey, look at Keenan encouragement. Yeah, I don't want to be the guy that like continuously, you know, beats on the previous generation, but I got to, right? Disgusting. I just hate being that guy that, uh, that just continuously like points out stuff that we went through. But I think a lot of the the, a lot of the the bad choices that I made in life was a direct reflection of the lack of vulnerability or a lack of explanation of the struggles that our parents went through, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like by me, uh, Jay-Z line, you know, Hove, Hove did that, so hopefully you don't gotta go through that, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, but but the fact that we never knew that they were brought up in some of the situations that they brought up, you know, they were brought up in. Because mm-hmm. once again, they were trying to hide adult embarrassment mm-hmm. or, yep. or or paint this picture of, you know, la- not having a struggle, right? Right. I don't think I had the benefit of being prepared for like what life really could throw at me. You know what I mean? Like there was yeah. no truth from that's that. True. It was a yeah, lot that's of- That's very true, Mike. As the kids say, it was a lot of cap, bro. It was a lot of Fair cap. Me. It was a Fair lot me. of cap, bro. Like, like, cause now, like the stories that I hear now as an, an adult about my my the life, they would have been that life changing, bro. Life changing. Mm. About like yeah. not just my parents, but their siblings. You know, my grandparents, their siblings, my great grandparents, their siblings. Like, if I knew the history of like the cyclical cyclical nature of you know what I was born into, maybe that I could have been able to like fight against some of the things that you know came from those environments you know what i mean for sure but because i didn't know i thought you know i grew up in like the best environment possible i didn't know that i was you know in a sketchy situation until i was about 25 bro that's yeah, crazy, crazy like, bro. like when i literally sat with my therapist for the first time and described my family structure it was like there's there's no way that you should be you know as uh i guess happy and you know whatever whatever word was used bro it's damn near scary though it's damn near scary that you found happiness out of that think about the mental capacity you had to have as a 17 year old to 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 navigate through all those emotions and the lack thereof or all that stuff in order to become where you are now i wasn't forming emotions from them because i didn't know it was anything to be like weird about i thought it was like question like my thought process is like you kind of question your identity yes yeah oh big time big time like that's traumatic um man mike i could you know just hearing it man it it is uh it's impactful kind of hearing your passion behind it now obviously rightfully so um one thing i am grateful for and i've learned the one thing i never did never got was grace growing up right and that's some of them that's some of them learned uh, that's that behavior that I was talking to you guys about last week that I'm ridding myself of because I never gave myself, I never made excuses, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you do it or or else. And that part is what's created the, tu- that created the tunnel vision. And I never allowed myself to deal with emotions. But then as you start to elevate in life, socially and professionally, grace is significant. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and and that's something that I'm learning to do. And I think that I had to get into a place with my my parents to be able to extend grace to them, even though I felt at times it wasn't just keeping the shit real. It wasn't extended to me. 
right? Right. By them, right. right? And one thing I am grateful for my parents, of, they kept it real with me. Like, you know, uh, my father who is, um, you know, had his struggles, even in the midst of it, he was honest, you know, about what, what he was doing. Um, my mom, once we reached a certain point in our relationship, the moment she began to be just transparent about what was going on was a moment that we be we began to form a relationship, the beautiful relationship that we have now. Um, and it would not have been that if that sincerity and um, and she wasn't afraid to own um, the things that that you know that that transpired. So I, I got to give my mom credit there because I don't know where I would be or how I how I would be uh, able to get into a place of healing if she didn't do that or if those things weren't mm -hmm. uh, present for me. Um, wow, that's that's, that's huge, man. Yeah, that's huge, uh, Lewis. I did want to ask you, Jay, a question. Mike, uh, uh, what's your dynamic with your children, if you don't mind, before I ask Jay this question? You how, many, you got, how many kids you got? Yeah, and then when you get done, I was about to ask Mike a question. Kenan, like, bro, can y'all ask me a question, bro? Nah, I'm, bro, I am I'm loving this, bro. Y'all don't mind me, I know. bro. Y'all, all three of y'all know I love this shit, so I don't even know why y'all oh, I know, I know. You know, I ahead, you know I'm messing with you, bro. Go ahead, go ahead, Lewis. Yeah, three girls. Three girls. Bam, that's perfect. So that's what this so when we were talking about the one thing we would give our kids. Mm -hmm. So I have a I'm I have I got the best of both worlds. I have a son mm -hmm. and I have a daughter. Right. Correct. And value is important to me for my son because how the world will see him as a black man. Correct. Right. The value of my daughter is because of how men will see her. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And absolutely. I am struggling because I know how I know how jacked up I was and how I could see <laughs> a woman that wasn't really hey, how, how jacked up Lewis I was fucked up <laughs> <laughs> I hey boy I could see the lack I could tell like everybody laugh about the girl the stripper stripper that because they said she got daddy issues but there's some validity to that because if a woman is not taught to value herself, the man that she always like, we are teaching our kids the way by the way I treat my daughter, I'm or the way I treat my wife, not mm -hmm. even just how I see her, the way I treat my wife, I'm teaching her that's okay. Yep. You get what I'm saying? I'm yeah. teaching her this yeah. is how a woman should be treated and the way I treat her. And I just like, I am just so maybe it's my own guilt but i'm so like i don't know more so than i am with my son in some ways like i want to make sure my daughter knows she's pretty i want to tell her she's pretty a million times so some young kid or young man don't go out here and tell her and then she do whatever she wants you know what i'm saying like he can yeah, he can right. get her to do whatever she wants what he right. wants her to do you know what i'm saying like i struggle with that with, with my daughter i just wanted to get y'all's opinion on that like if that's something that you constantly thinking about with having girls all the time. Mike, you can go and elaborate because he kind of directed it and then I'll, I'll go after you. Yeah, I see myself as like basically the, the stage setter. Like, like I, I know that I'm, I'm literally the first positive or negative interaction that, that mm -hmm. they will experience from a man. And uh, the lasting effects, even though our relationship will, well, I, I'm assuming it's going to reflect on who she ends up uh, being with in the long in the long haul. Once yeah. again, we can't decide everything. You know, like we could we could do what we deem is a hundred percent, you know, uh, you know, beneficial. But uh, all the time, bro, like trying to trying to. I don't have a son, but I 
there is, I'm glad you were able to honestly say that there is a different thought process. You didn't oh, yeah. sugarcoat it and say that you yeah. that you considered the same thing from your son that you do from your daughter. Like that right. is a women have the luxury of of us as fathers not considering male's perspective about them first. Like mm -hmm. that's that I would say that that's literally like us viewing the game and the world that they will be living in and trying to to prepare them for it. Oh, listen, I'll try not to think about it, but look, yeah, it's, it's scary. yeah, I, 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 it's I try scary. not to think about it as well. And it, it is a little scary, but um, just to kind of add to you guys point, I look at it more so as um, we have a little bit of the advantage because we've been through the trenches and we are men. We're trying to give our daughters that perspective. So we're kind of putting them up on game ahead of time yeah. in, in a certain type of way. So we're kind of giving them those ins and outs. So you know how easy it was for you to find a girl with low self-esteem and just say you're beautiful and then you over there clap. You know what I'm saying? Because she ain't never heard anything like that before. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like now that I know it's that. Jay is crazy, like, man. Hey, Jay, what you say? Okay. What you say? You over, over there clapping. Rock, you, know you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Stop playing, boy. It's crazy, you know man. Boy. But I'm just saying. I'm oh, just saying. Man. But but you those little small things. <laughs> well, I'm just saying those little small things. You try to implement those into your your daughters and say, hey, you know what? So we overcompensate. Hey, you're very beautiful, you know. Because yes. I'm gonna be honest and transparent with something that I deal with. I have a nine year old right now, and my nine year old has TikTok. She has a phone. So I'm trying to battle between what I know and see a a, a woman and and like a vision for a woman and what she sees. Like she sees, you know, fake assets and stuff like that. She's in the makeup like oh i need to put some makeup on you know and it's like i'm trying to show her like no you're naturally beautiful you know you don't you should feel confident in the skin you're in you know or so it's it's tough from that perspective being a father because it's like you're you're also battling something that they weren't battling we're battling this social media yeah which is huge it's huge because it's like this is how they're viewing because this is what we're showing them on social media is this is what acceptance is Yep. This is what success looks like. In and actuality, I, it's it's cap. It's I a thin I, line between. Hold on. Let me let me say this real quick. Yeah, yeah. It's a thin line between like self love and freedom of expression too. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. like because of course we're not telling them what to do, right? No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. Them yeah, yeah. We're we just want them to be confident that the decision that they're making aren't based on any type of uh self-hate right like if yeah that, that's that's a thin line too bro it's a real thin it line is. and you don't need that but i like it you know boy, <laughs> you know what i mean boy boy and you know what's crazy as a as an uncle of many nieces that i can say because i don't have a daughter i think also is important and especially especially with uh mike because you know we live here and i know me and madison has had these conversations i think from my uncle perspective, I feel like my job is not only to be a positive male role model, but I also try to check in with them to make sure if there's something that they couldn't tell one of their dads, they feel at least come like, Uncle King, this is how I'm feeling about this. Because even mm -hmm. with even with Mike's oldest, we talk like when school, when she first started school, we'll talk trash, mm -hmm. like, hey, no, da da da. But you I take those small opportunities. And I remember this is a true story. I remember uh when I was back home, I was at J House and um 
I ain't gonna say the little boy name, but me and Madison was chilling. You know, we talked about it. Nah, nah, nah. Say his name, bro. Nah, shut up. Hey, <laughs> shut up. But the point I was making, the point I was making, you know, I'm not ignorant. I, I work in the school system. I'm not ignorant to little kids liking other. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, so I'm messing. I'm like, hey, what's his name? What I'm playing with her, and she tell, oh, it's such and such. But in my mind, she's feel comfortable enough for me as being her uncle to tell me like his name is this. Da da da. It wasn't like yeah. don't tell my dad. It was like she felt comfortable enough to tell me. I ch- mm-hmm. why you like him? Is he smart? I challenge those things just so she doesn't feel like, oh, if I oh, as long as I get this one, I'm good. No, we're gonna come off the back end with it. You know, we're right. gonna come off the yeah. back end knowing that like there's a lot of positive male shit going on in this circle. Mm-hmm. We here for you, yeah. but we also want you to pick quality. It matters who you absolutely as I don't want to say on a pedestal, but it matters who's on your brain as somebody you like. That matters. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So yeah. just trying to, for me, and obviously I'm not their dad, but just trying to be in the conversation where they feel comfortable enough to even like poke at it. Because that that's important. Because I got aunts that I would tell stuff way before I would tell, you know what I'm saying? Like aunts or whatever. You don't want to, that that village is real, especially now with everything going on. If that makes any sense. That was, what I said. No, man. Hey, no, that, that was, was good, good, man. I, I really learned something. I learned something. I think the village is important. It's not only the reflection of what your kids see from what you do, but the people that you choose to put in, and bring into their lives are the people that they see daily. So that's that is truly important. And I'm starting to understand that it does take a village. And it is the it's not it doesn't take a it is the village that raises you. For sure. It's not a yes. take one. It's yeah, the whether you pick the village you. or not. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, Please say that, bro. And, and trust me, it's gonna be a village a regardless. Yep. Yeah, it's the village regardless. Uh, all right, last question. And you too, Kenny, I guess you could ask this. Could you guys, would you guys be okay with your daughter marrying you? Not you as a person, but someone like you, like marrying you. I guess it's, I'm going to let y'all answer because I don't have a daughter. So that's probably harder for y'all to answer. That's a tough one. I'm going to tell you why it's a tough one. You talking about me right now? I, I knew you. Oh, hey, I knew he was going to go there. I knew he was going to go there. I knew he was going to do that. I knew he was going to do that. What age are we going to do that? Hey, bro, you married somebody's daughter, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever you were when you got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. I think it's scary. I think I would say, yeah, but that is tough. I think it's scarier for... If I had a daughter for my daughter to date me, then to marry who I was when I got married. Right. Yeah. Because I think, bro, I think what people really That's a good damn question, Lewis. That was, bro. I I might have write a paper on this guy. Bro, bro, because this is my question. This is my question to his question. Like a piggyback, bro. He done got me. Well, Jay, I'm sorry, Jay. You ain't say nothing. I'm sorry, bro. Oh no no no! I, I did. I said what. Did yeah, you? what Mike was saying. Yeah, I, I, that's it's tough. I, I said honestly, <laughs> I really do think that, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think she'll be all right. And then the blue, all this shit is, is that what? you know you, bro. You know you. You know you. You can't get away from you. when you have to when you have to re- analyze yourself. Yeah, that was that was good, Louis. That was and you know it's like. Damn, but you gotta think like you married somebody's daughter too. Somebody had to give their daughter away. To you. you know what That's I'm saying? Right. But I think at the end of the day, all of you guys are really good guys. I'd like to think that I'm a good guy. And at the mm. end of the day, I'd be okay with it because I know that there's worse. But I also, but it makes you <laughs> yourself. 
Hey, you know what it is, bro? If I'm gonna keep it a band band, hey, 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 you bro. open up a whole nother bag that we gotta go down for like five minutes and then we can get off. But you know what makes it work? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna tell you the crazy part, bro. What? I don't know what minute this is, but minute, Uh-oh. whatever. It's the stuff we it's the stuff that we know about ourselves that don't nobody else know that's scarier than what everybody else knows. Right? Oh boy, you, you walk heavy, sir. Walk hey, heavy, it's sir. It's scarier the things that you know and been there, done that, that nobody else knows that you mm. know that scares us about that statement. But yep. but what I do want to ask to what you just said, Lewis, is this. When like What's the biggest thing you don't like about yourself when you checked yourself? What was that thing that tough when you said like you had to check yourself, you had to look in the mirror at yourself. What's something that you really realized like, bro, I got to get rid of this. And we ain't even just talking about marriage. I'm just saying in general, what was something when you looked in yourself and you was like, or anybody, anybody who want to answer it first can, what's that thing you look like, bro, this got to go. I know I sound like a broken record, but uh, uh, I'll keep saying the two things for me, I think somebody just said one of them was temper. Yeah, me, one. temper's for me, yeah. For oh, okay, sure. yeah. Temper, you said temper the what? For me for sure. Temper. Quit. Temper. Oh, temper. Temper, temper, temper. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other one was validation for me. Mm-hmm. That was the two for me. Lewis, Mike. I, I, I say, I say, I'd say temperament. Um, Man, it's, hey man, I'm, I'm happy with my intellect. I'm happy with my appearance. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy in, uh, I'm happy in my, in a lot of things, bro. I just think my temperament because I see it in my son, man. And like, I never saw it as much mm-hmm. until he mm-hmm. started reacting that way. What about your temperament? The, the I don't, pro- I, man, I don't listen. I don't know what it is about me, dog. I could be at work. I can be calm and react to things in a timely and professional manner, but at home, bro, I have a very short leash, bro. I do. Yeah. I, I don't Lewis, know let me I ask you. Let me ask you a question about your. Let me ask you a question about something real quick, Lewis, before we before we hop the mic. Yeah. With you, shit, uh, with you saying about your intellect, right? Uh huh. I've started, and and I know all of us are very intelligent up here. Do you? Do y'all get the same thing? Because I've gotten this before. Because of our intellect and how we carry ourselves, the way we talk, it comes off as condescending. Do y'all yeah, get that a lot? They gotta do with me, player. That's that's some, that's your right. security. Listen, I'm so confident. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, dude. When somebody Lewis, talks to you, you be talking crazy like to people. They, you know, Lewis, you do be talking crazy to people. I do call, I do talk crazy, but it, I ain't lying. Yeah, but that don't mean it ain't condescending, though. Oh well, nigga, uh, I ain't hurt. My feelings ain't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lewis. Hey, so, hey chill. You know hey, chill. Bloodbath. Chill. Bloodbath. But Look. I can take it though. That's the difference. I mm-hmm. prefer people to talk and be straight up with me. That agree. Agreed. But I'm just saying that the type of people that we are, it comes off as I didn't say that we cared about it. I'm just saying that it's it's amazing that because we carry ourselves with such pride and and because we are so intelligent, that when you're talking to somebody, it comes off as condescending. Yes, they and it's not really the case. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. (laughs) Condescending is their emotion, not mine. I don't care. That's a fact though. That's a fact. That's real shit. That's a fact. That's a fact. Because yeah, yeah, that's, that's real that's shit. Your, but um, my my uh, what was the question? Uh, thing uh the about, thing uh, when you checked yourself, that one thing you ain't really you don't really care for about yourself. Oh, uh, not until recently. Uh, 
my default, I guess I would say temperament, but because my default is indifference, like, like to the point where serious things didn't bother me because I, it just didn't register as serious. Mm. Like, it, like, I, like, like, you know, it is what it is. Like, but I didn't know it was an issue until I like tied like a traumatic experience to it. Like, like why am I, you know, always trying not to be heard or try not to like, you know, decide on, you know, which emotional, you know, which emotion this, uh, this, uh, this action is, is giving me because as a child that was, that was stopped somewhere, you know, like it was stopped somewhere mm -hmm. and it wasn't allowed to develop. It wasn't allowed to blossom. So I became a 24, 25, 26, 27 year old man really? that was still indifferent about everything, mm -hmm. but thinking that no, like I just ain't heard nothing important yet. Hey Mike, that's that's crazy. Like, I ain't heard nothing important yet. But do but, but really, do you know you oh oh my bad. I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, you done? Okay. My thing is to add on what you're saying, uh Mike, is that do you think that even if we take just marriages, we can talk about friendship too, whatever, marriage, friendship, whatever. Do you think that's a problem, guys? Is that when we don't like think it's that serious because of how we look at something like let's say for example yep, lewis and keenan mike might say oh well you coming in the house at whatever or whatever the case may be at mm -hmm. three o'clock in the morning right right you might not see anything wrong with it because when i go out i'm gonna come in the house at three in the morning so i'm not gonna check you on that because i'm gonna do it right, right you get right. what i'm saying do how do you guys maneuver through those type of environments uh, can i i gotta ask two questions uh-huh are you all's marital expectations a shared vision or somebody compromising on the value? Well, I feel like you asked the Whoa. same question. No, if we, if we both value uh, being faithful, right? Mm -hmm. That's shared. A compromise on something to me is like, okay, I want to be with other people. And she like, okay, well, you can have one partner a year. That's it. Like, yeah, y'all agree, but that ain't what y'all both came with. Somebody had to give you. up something on that value. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. So, hey, so well, let me here. ask that question. Because, Jay, to your point, I'm going to be, this is how I see it. Mm -hmm. If it, to me, and it's really God to my knows point. my thinking is different. <laughs> if it's not detrimental to our marriage, you can't tell me it's serious. If it's not mm, okay, you you lay with your wife, you pillow talk with your wife, you smashing mm -hmm. your wife, kissing your wife, talking to your wife. That's a fact. You That's know a fact. what will make her be uneasy, mentally, physically, spiritually. And if you were to go do any of those things, and you know you're gonna make her reality disgruntled, then you're causing a problem in this series. But if you know her, I would never do anything across the path. Now, if that if 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 if, if that is one of the things, I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. You gotcha. know what I'm saying? But you're gonna have to convince me that I'm not doing everything to make sure you're to make sure that you're good to make sure that I can go do that. Mm. That would be my okay. point. Okay. I I would say that uh it was situations like like what was described. Um like Keenan said, I think I take the stance of like a static approach, right? Like mm -hmm. like these are my boundaries from the jump. 
long as we don't go past that, we good. You know, there's yep. right, everything right, right. that deserves a boundary, right? Because it ain't detrimental. Mm-hmm. But I think us being good guys, right? Mm-hmm. We yeah. got standards that move. Our standards move. Like we get like dynamic goalposts at times because the mm-hmm. boundaries ain't never questioned. We're starting right. to get critiqued on the minute details, like of the inner workings. You know, like, like, you know, like I think that's, that's where that's true. We like we we don't. There is no credit, or when I say credit, I'm not talking about like uh, appreciation. I'm talking about like equity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no, okay. there's no equity. For what we did, for what we do, yeah, like for who we are. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, there's no equity. We don't get no equity for 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 not for not putting us in a detrimental situation. I mean, some of the things are just like, hey, you know, I ain't like that. All right, and let's keep it moving, bro. Like, right. I feel like I feel like we get in a doghouse whether it's staying out late or like not paying a mortgage. Like, <laughs> like I feel like we get- It's the same dog, house. dog house. <laughs> It's the same dog. See, this is my thing, Jay. I learned this through my profession and this helped me in my marriage. 23 years old- Dog houses? No. Hey, F you, man. 23 years old teaching. <laughs> and I know we got, I know we about to close out, but y'all done got me down this. 23 year old teaching. And I, and I had an observation and a lady asked me like, yo, this your second year teaching? I was like, yeah. She was like, you so you never taught at all like no my second year when she gave my evaluation you could be unsatisfactory basic proficient or advanced right when she gave me my evaluation she wrote on a note a a sticky note on top of it i had to give you proficient in some areas or else i can't give you feedback and i can't do my job so what did that tell me i don't live in a world where you can satisfy all the needs even not being perfect I always got to look for the feedback of every action that I do. So when I realized mm. I was in an environment professionally, like I could do a perfect lesson and they can't give me a perfect score because they can't give me feedback. So my mindset immediately changed in my marriage. Like there's no action I can do that can be perfect because she's going to have to always give me feedback. And once I took the negative, the negative, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Connotation. Yeah, to to feedback, I realized like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can't I can't take two rights now. I'm gonna have to take two, three rights and a left and turn the same way, just so you make it so you make like so you feel like I'm still working towards it. Cause think about what you would do if your wife said, you know what, you perfect, do whatever you want. Ah, uh, <laughs> no, but think Let's about come it. Up to this shit. Hell huh? no. No, you're trying to set me up. <laughs> Thank you. You would take a shower and go to sleep because you're like, nah, nigga, I ain't falling for that. That's right. But in, exactly. reality, in reality, there's no way you three men can tell me every time you wake up, your thought and your actions are based off your wife and your family. Every single oh, day yeah. when you wake up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but that that that, that that's it, bro. Close us out, Deacon Cummins. Uh Father God. Uh <laughs> like no. <nah. laughs> Nah, fellas, but in closing, man, I would I, w- I would say this in closing. What's one thing, just one thing you would tell your younger self at the altar? One thing. This is the best decision you ever made. Dope. Scared. Hmm. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Dope. Jay. Yeah. Um 
be open uh, to improve. Now, I, I, I would tell myself it's y'all union and nobody else's. It's your our union and nobody else's because I struggled with that for the first four or five years. But anyway, man, yeah. millennials versus the world. The bros on the thing, man. We did the thing. We out there. The sweetest ingredient in any song. Pause by MWU. We ain't talking about cars.